Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. No EY today. He is on assignment. Frankie, what's happening? Frankie, happy Thursday to you. Very eventful Thursday night. We got Thursday night football. We have the Yankees. Game 4, ALCS. You will be at a hockey yeah. game tonight as well. I mean, there is a lot going on. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm going to that hockey game uh, with our buddy EY. EY, in town, yeah. You, uh, I wish I you turned down the invite. Yeah, I wish I could have been a part of it as well, but I've got something going on. That's why I'm you know, dressed all snazzy. Sure. Plus, I really want to watch the Yankees and a football game. It's pretty fun. It's a big City Chiefs. One of my friends said he's bringing his, uh, his iPad to use as a, what do you call it, one of those things you connect to Wi-Fi through? Hotspots? Okay. So we can watch the Yankees from, from the Ranger game. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty legit. Listen, I don't... <laughs> you know me, I don't care about hockey. I care a lot about the Yankees. But, you know, we don't get a chance to hang out with EY all that much. True. Wants to go to the game. I'm like, all right, man, let's do it. We're going. So you get to hang out with EY in town from Nashville. You know that EY is a big hockey guy. Yeah. And we are big basketball guys, Greggy, which is uh, where we landed today doing our fantasy basketball preview show. I know a few people have been hitting us up on Twitter asking us if we can More do a fantasy basketball preview. And yeah, we had our draft last night. We had a uh, pit league draft, a 12-team head-to-head points league. So you know, we can work in some of the results from that last night, kind of talk about where some players went. We go position by position. We'll go over the first round, some sleepers, some busts. But fantasy basketball, to me, kind of gets swept under the rug because fantasy football is as massive as it is. I understand you know, the fantasy industry revolves around football, and rightfully so. It is my favorite fantasy sport to play. It's a lot of people's favorite fantasy sport to play. But basketball is actually my favorite real-life sport. It was the sport that I played most growing up, Greg. It's, you know, outside of football, probably my favorite sport to watch. I enjoy the NBA game. I know a lot of people, basketball purists, enjoy college football over the NBA. I, I'm all here for the storylines, the drama, the entertainment that comes along with the NBA. Uh, so I do love playing fantasy basketball, and I'm, I'm happy that we're able to do this today. I'm happy that there's people that actually had an appetite for fantasy basketball. Yeah, I, I, listen, I've gotten, like most fantasy players, I would say, I was super into fantasy basketball a while back. And 
Then, I guess ever since I kind of came back here-ish, like to, to FATSY, I was like, ah, I like playing fantasy basketball. It's fun. I like knowing more about the NBA. And I've gotten really into it. And, you know, like most players, I got back into DFS and I was playing and I was like, ah, I, I feel like I'm good. And then I started losing lots of money. But the season-long game, <laughs> as it, we all do, it makes me follow the NBA more often than not. And, and I enjoy that and it makes me happy. And admittedly, I'm always going to be a baseball guy before I'm a basketball guy, but... I'm excited to play fantasy basketball. I was excited to get my first draft underway uh, last night. We have a draft. I have two drafts this weekend, one of which I will be partaking in, the other one at which it's all in Frank's hands. I'll hold down the fort, Chris. But if Frank drafts uh, a similar team to that he did last night in a similar spot, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, I had the first pick last night. We have the first pick over the weekend, participating in Adam Ronis's league. Adam Ronis, you can hear on the FNTSY radio right now. We please are don't, the, please don't just listen to the podcast. We are the champions, Greggy. One might say that we were... Na, 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 we had a little bit of the bubbly last season we as we that. celebrated our fantasy basketball championship. So hopefully we go back to back. We were the number one pick last year in that league as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Frank also the first pick last night. I like what he did for the most part. A couple of things I would have done differently, obviously. Uh, but I won't have a chance to because I can't draft on Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, we, we will consult and we will figure out players that we both want. And I will try my best to integrate those players that you want. Hopefully I can get Josh Richardson for us. You know us. I think the best part of fantasy basketball drafts are? What's that? It's so quick. Yeah, we were done an hour an last hour. night. It was good. Exactly an hour last night. Get in, get out. It was awesome. Love it. Should we go over the first round? I feel like that's the first thing we should do. We do. We want to break in about a minute and a half. So right. we'll probably pass on that. All right. That's, I mean, it would, there's just a lot to break down, man. There is. I don't want to, like, start and then, like, literally in a minute and a half. All right, stop. Greg. So I put out a poll before the show. Let's just do this. Let's just do the first pick. Right. Ahead. If you had the first overall pick, who would you take? Because I put out the poll, and as of now, there are 30 votes. <laughs> One candidate has 0% of those votes. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the leading vote-getter right now. Is that where you would go if you have the first overall pick? Yeah, and that's what we talked about. I, you're making me do this, even though I said I, you know, I don't want to do no, this. No, I'm saying we don't have to do the whole first round. I'm just saying let's go over to the first pick overall. I would vote, I would vote for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I think that Giannis does a little bit of everything. He has, obviously, multi-position eligibility. He just can help you in all... Every category. There's a category he doesn't help you in. Does it change based on the format? No. How about in a roto league, Greg? Because I'll, I'll bring this up Those to you. Those are stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry. We, we participate in a few fantasy baseball roto leagues. I find them but stupid. But the NFBKC, if you want to play some high stakes, is rotisserie. And I think that you can argue that Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns might be better rotisserie players with the number one overall pick, Greg, because they don't really have any deficiencies... In their game. I mean, Giannis, free throw percentage is not great. Not going to shoot any threes. Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns starting to shoot more threes. Starting to ball handle a little bit more as well. I think Anthony Davis had like six or seven assists last night in only 25 minutes of play. So, I think in a rotisserie league, you actually can make the argument for a few other people. Uh, overall, I think Giannis and James Harden are more often than not, if you just play a head-to-head categories league or a head-to-head points, those are the two that I'm considering most, Greg. Yeah, fair enough. Giannis and Harden both... Fine choices, obviously. They both do everything. They both play every night. Something you want to note, and I noted this here on the left side, which you can see right here, that you need to avoid load management. And that's, what I, that's going to be a key for us all throughout the next hour, talking about that. Whenever I had a decision between two players, it was always about load management. And what I liked about both Giannis and Harden and Carl Anthony Towns as well, I don't expect them to really be rested. Now, there were times last year with Milwaukee having such a big lead in the Eastern Conference where they did rest Giannis. Yeah, down the stretch, 
Harden doesn't get rested at all. Carl Anthony Towns hates missing games. He doesn't get rested at all. After that, it kind of feels like everyone is kind of at risk. So that's going to be a theme, I think, throughout the hour. Is trying to avoid some of those players that have the load management issues. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more here on the BFFs. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. haven't done so already make sure you you check out uh the poll that mike cardano is running right now i know he people have been talking about it throughout the day they're gonna reveal the results on game time but mike put out a poll in regards to uh the best young baseball player in, in baseball and i know it's basketball primer show we'll get into it but 15 for 15 over the next 15 years the question becomes which baseball player would you rather have? Ronald Acuna, Gleyber Torres, Juan Soto, or somebody else? And feel free to write it in. Mike has his poll going on now. They're going to reveal the results on game time decisions uh, coming up a little bit later on today. Let's get back into fantasy basketball, though, Frankie. And I mentioned I'm with you. The number one pick, I'm going with Giannis. Then I think the decision is a little bit hard between Carl Anthony Towns and James Harden as a points lead player. I only lean Harden just because like he could explode for literally 70 points. And I thought that was nuts. 70 real points, not fantasy points. So I, I think like, those are clear top three. And then at four, like the first thing that comes to my mind is Steph Curry over Anthony Davis. I, I think Steph Curry being the one guy that is there in Golden State, load management certainly an issue. But he's going to be asked to do something that he's never done before, which is carry the complete load without Klay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, uh, without Andre Iguodala. It's him and Draymond Green. I think Steph Curry is just going to be an animal in fantasy basketball this year. He's my number four player. Yeah, I think there's a clear consensus top six, Greg. The order of those players changes, but I think the draft really starts at seven. So for me, the top six players are Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, and Carl Anthony Towns. Not necessarily in that order, because again, I think all those players are interchangeable. It, it comes down to what kind of drafter you are. If you are, you know, if you are a risk taker and you want to shoot for the most upside, then you are probably taking Anthony Davis with the first overall pick, uh, just based on his ability to. 28 and 12, gets defensive numbers, gets massive blocks, good percentages as well, starting to shoot the three as well. But you have to worry about the injury concerns. You know, maybe sits out a back-to-back here or there throughout the course of the season. Um, but just based on a per-game basis, the player who can have the most value, Andy Davis is definitely in that mix. Um, but if you are a safer drafter, I mean, for me, I really like to build a foundation with my first couple of picks, my first three-round picks. I really want safe players who I know I can rely on who are going to give me production uh, and then kind of take more risk once we get into the middle rounds. So I would lean with the Giannis first overall. I would lean James Harden still second. You know, I think Carl Anthony Towns, one of the safest players in the league, and they're talking about him having more of a role this season, the offense running through him and him distributing the ball more as well. So could even get up to four, five assists this year for Carl Anthony Towns. But I do think that there's a very clear top six, Greg, and I don't think that there is a wrong answer in any order. I think Steph Curry is in that mix as well. 
And I think that's fine. I think that top six, you're right, is is abundantly clear. And it's interesting because I had pick eight last night, Frank, in the first round. And I didn't know what to do at that spot. You asked me, oh, man, I really love Joel Embiid. I'm like, you want to talk about load management issues? Like, that is the definition for Joel Embiid. You know, out of 82 games, you're getting a max of like 60 here. Um, And then Russell Westbrook now playing alongside James Harden. Like, I didn't know what to do at that spot. Because I agree. You got six guys. You're very comfortable taking. Then what? I think that there is a group, and I think this is where format comes into play a little bit more. If you play in a points league, I think that from seven to nine, Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid, and LeBron James should go in that area because you know that when they are on the court, those guys are all triple-double options. LeBron James looked great last night as well, had a ridiculous pass. Uh, I don't know know why I was watching preseason basketball, but I was. Uh, But I do think pick seven to nine, Russell Westbrook, Embiid, and LeBron James are in that area. I would probably rank um, Embiid the highest of the bunch. Again, he's a lot like Anthony Davis, Greg. When he's on the court, he's amazing. I mean, Joel Embiid, again, someone who can average close to 30 real-life points. He's going to be over 10 rebounds. He gets you steals and blocks, distributes a little bit. Going to have solid percentages. The field goal percentage is not as high as you would like it to be because he's starting to shoot a little bit more from the outside. But his upside is, I mean, it's up there with all of these other guys that we're talking about in the top six. So if you are an upside player, I think Embiid is in that mix. But if you play head-to-head categories, Greg, I think that Damian Lillard is in that conversation okay. as well because rock solid, plays a ton of games every single year. You told me this last night, the reason you took C.J. McCollum is you don't have to worry about load management when it comes to Portland Trailblazers players. Damian Lillard going to average 25 points, going to average you know six, seven assists. Um, doesn't hurt your percentages. Really good free throw uh, shooter. Might be the best contributor in the free throw percentage department outside of James Harden in the NBA. Uh, doesn't do a lot defensively, but just a really, really safe pick. So I think once you get to that like 7 to 10 range, uh, you, you have a, a few guys to choose from between Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, and LeBron James. Yeah, I, I think... So it's interesting because the reason... We've kind of flip-flop roles here because the reason I haven't traditionally in the first round or the middle of the first round gone after Damian Lillard is because, yeah, he's he's good, but I felt like the other guys are almost like league winners for you potentially. And Damian Lillard almost seems like a level below that, what he can do and the, the categories that he can help you with. So I've always had him a little bit lower. Same with CJ McCollum. And you said it to me the second I walked in. You're like, hey, I was surprised you took CJ McCollum last night because he's awesome at scoring and he plays a lot of minutes. What else does he do? And I didn't, really have an answer other than I got sniped on Bam Adebayo, right? Like that was, and you're right about that. And that's why I felt like both Blazers players, despite being the marquee players in their team, despite the entire team revolving around them, are just a little like, okay, for fantasy guys that you're fine having, but not somebody, Demi Lillard, that I would want in place of Joel Embiid who could win you a week or Russell Westbrook who could win you a week. I don't know that Damian Lillard could do that. Damian Lillard, to me, is a lot like Carl Anthony Towns or Jokic at his position because he's just safe. If you want to take a player with more upside, then absolutely. You can go with a Joel Embiid. You can go with a LeBron James. If LeBron does not get hurt and he plays 70 to 75 games, he will likely return top five value overall, but he's getting up there in age. If you were watching last night, you saw a little, started to see a little bit of gray in the beard for LeBron James. Not used to seeing that, but... He's getting up there. He missed a ton of games last year because of injuries. It wouldn't surprise me if he sits out back-to-back. So you have to take all of these things into consideration. Greg, I think 
if you're talking about a points league, I think Andre Drummond is in the mix as well because you don't have to worry about the bad free throw per, uh, percentage. You just have to worry about getting points and rebounds. You know, that's the biggest differentiator between a head-to-head categories or rotisserie league versus a head-to-head points league. In a head-to-head points league, you can take these big men who have terrible free throw percentage because they're going to give you points. They're going to give you rebounds. They're going to give you blocks. If you play on Yahoo, the standard scoring is three fantasy points per defensive statistic. That makes Andre Drummond and, and guys like Steven Adams and Hassan Whiteside really good in points leagues because they get a lot of defensive numbers. So I think Hassan, uh, uh, Andre Drummond is in this mix as well as a first-round pick. Probably more of a early second-round pick in a head-to-head categories or rotisserie league because he does bring down your free-throw percentage. Yeah, and I get it. In the rotisserie leagues with free-throw percentage is a thing, Andre Drummond's always going to hurt you. But as we have seen, man, Andre Drummond's awesome. Like, that's the type of player, and I just, I, I just referenced it. I'm just pulling my rankings here. Um, that's the player that can win you a week by himself, especially in the double-double leagues where uh, he, is dom- he is absolutely dominant in, in two different categories. Andre Drummond is, uh, has taken the leap forward, I think, and load management, certainly not a thing when it comes to Andre Drummond. Lots of love there. Greg, I'll throw this back your way. If you have pick 12, right, and all these players that we just talked about are gone, the Damian Lillard, LeBron James, the Joel Embiid, Russell Westbrook. I was talking to Ronis last night. We were participating in his draft. We have first pick. He has 12th pick. And he said, being 12th pick this year is terrible because there's no... Give me 11 players that are off the board, if you don't mind. James Harden, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Jokic, Steph Curry, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, and Damian Lillard. Ten. That's ten. Uh, let's throw Andre Drummond in that mix as well. Who are you going with at pick 12? Because I think that there's a lot of players that you can just kind of throw out there because people are going to ask, well, where do I take Kawhi Leonard? You know, because you have to worry about risk management with him. Um, you know, is this a spot where you should be targeting at Ben Simmons? You have to worry about free throw percentage there as well. So if you had the wraparound this year, what are you looking at? So the couple of guys that come to my mind at that 12-13 spot, I think you consider, if you're looking at guard, you're going to consider Ben Simmons, as you mentioned, but the scoring leaves you just like, oh, this is annoying. The shooting, obviously. Drew Holiday's been my guy this year. I think Drew Holiday's in for a massive, massive year. I was pumped to get him in my spot in the second round last night. Um, And I think Jimmy Butler helps you in every category as well. I'd rather have Jimmy Butler over Kawhi Leonard, which sounds crazy, but he's going to help you in every category and lead this Miami team. You know what's crazy is the two players that I like there, you didn't even mention. Excited to hear who those two are on the other side. That's a tease for you. We'll get into the second round. We'll get into some sleepers we like as well as the players to avoid here on the Basketball Primer. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. With the NBA season just around the corner, you can become Daily Roto's eighth Daily Fantasy Millionaire. Dunk on your NBA DFS competition and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this upcoming year. Complete with the pros. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in all of NBA DFS. Plus, you get a lot of alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and more. 
Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. To learn more, that's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. Get your 10% off now. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friend Forever Fantasy Basketball Preview Show. Frank, is anyone watching? Yeah, there's a lot of people watching. Of course, Greg. Everyone wants to see their BFFs. Love it. And probably happy we're back. Didn't get great reviews on the show yesterday. Didn't? They missed us. Ah, oh, well, that's why we're back. That's why we're back indeed. All right, you asked me to go on a break. When you're at the turn, when 11 guys are off the board, what do you do at 12? And I said, 12, 13. I said, Drew Holiday comes to mind. I said, Ben Simmons comes to mind. And I said, Jimmy Butler comes to mind. And you're like, well, you forgot a couple people. Who do you like at that spot? I don't dislike the names that you brought up, but personally, I do like Bradley Beal, and I like Luka Doncic as well. Luka Doncic was awesome last year. I expect him to improve on his efficiency, having another player on the court like Chris Tapps Porzingis, and he's someone that could just contribute all across the board. You have to consider, you know, free throw percentage, maybe he's in the low to mid-70s. Field goal percentage, probably closer to like a 45% shooter. You can back that up later on with some big men. You can help out your percentages, but someone that could just contribute across the board, close to 25 points. He'll give you seven or eight rebounds. He'll give you seven or eight assists. He'll give you a steal per game as well. He'll give you a couple of three-pointers. So I'm in on Luka Doncic, and I think you know Bradley Beal doesn't have the same upside that Luka Doncic does, but he's the main guy on his team, Greg. I mean, who else on Washington is going to get their own buckets? They just gave him a huge contract extension as yep. well because he's a guy that can average 25 points per game, multiple threes, give you a steal, uh, five, six uh, rebounds, four or five assists. Very, very solid player, a lot like Luka Doncic, uh, and a more efficient player than Luka Doncic as well. So I think both of those players are in the mix going at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. I think all of these players in that mix, depending on who you want and depending on who uh, you feel comfortable with, how you're building your team, I'm with you, man. I, I have no issue with any of these guys. I think they're kind of all clumped together. And then after that, it, you get to the point where you just need to take your guy. And that's what I, I didn't do last night. We joke coming on the air uh, about Josh Richardson. I'm going to jump right to it because we only have an hour to do this, so I kind of want to jump around and make sure we get everything in there. Yep. And my guy this year, one of my guys this year, and I've said it uh, off the air a lot, is Shai Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's in store for a monster, monster season with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I think he's going to be a focal point of that offense. They need him to be better, and I think he will be. So I want him. And yet, I have him ranked as my... Let me look here. What number is this? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13th ranked shooting guard. That includes James Harden, Jimmy Butler... Bradley Beal, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, a whole bunch of these guys, right? So he's number 13 for me. He is the last player in Tier 3 for me. And yet, if you look at ESPN rankings or Yahoo rankings, he's much lower. So last night we did this draft on Yahoo, and I, I violated a, a rule of fantasy that it doesn't matter where anybody has a guy ranked, but where you have him ranked. And he was ranked like 20 players after where my draft spot was. So I took Josh Richardson who is my 15th ranked shooting guard, ahead of Shy Gilgis Alexander, because I was like, you know what? I probably can sneak him and get him on the way back. Frank made sure that wasn't possible. And then, of course, Frank is lauded in the chat by everyone's like, oh, great pick, Frank. I'm like, god damn it. That's what I should have done. And I made a mistake, and I didn't. Yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander going in that sixth, seventh round range this year. I think he's a breakout candidate, has point guard and shoot, shooting guard eligibility. He was the focal point of the Paul George trade. To be honest, the Clippers did not want to trade away Shea Gilgis Alexander, but 
in order to sign Kawhi Leonard, they had to trade for Paul George. Uh, and, you know, of course, yeah, you have an opportunity to win a championship with Kawhi and Paul George. You got to make it happen. But uh, they were hesitant to give him up. And I know the numbers were not you know, eye-opening last year, but he was a rookie and got better as the season went along. Going to have a clear opportunity here playing the two against uh, alongside Chris Paul. Danilo Gallinari is on this team as well, but I think Shai Gilgis alexander is someone that can average 16, 17 points per game, right around five rebounds and assists. Uh, he's an efficient player, shot 47% from the field as a rookie, 80% from the free throw line. Over a steal per game as well. I think he's someone that can average probably closer to a steal and a half. Good defender. Uh, very in on Shai Gilgis alexander Greg. I think he's one of those breakout candidates going in the middle rounds. Yeah, absolutely. Shai Gilgis alexander much like uh, Malcolm Brogdon, a big breakout candidate this year. New team, new role, new responsibility for the player. Somebody that's ever-growing. But the most popular sleeper for us, and I probably in the industry, is Bam Adebayo, who has... Oh. Jack Nicholson gif. But as I was uh, mentioning before, I got sniped in the fourth round of Bam Adebayo because I knew I couldn't let him get back to Frank at the 4-5 turn because he would have been gone. So I was going to take him at my spot in the fourth round, and I didn't get the opportunity to do that. Why are people so in on Bam this year? Well, Because Bam Adebayo is a big man that can give you double-doubles, and he's not going to hurt your free throw percentage. He's not an amazing free throw shooter, but... He is 73% for his career. I'll take that over, you know, Andre Drummond's 55%. DeAndre Jordan, very bad free throw shooter as well. Steven Adams, a bad free throw shooter. So Bam Adebayo, uh, he's always shown us flashes. He's always someone that we've used in DFS whenever Hassan Whiteside was out because we know what the upside can be when Hassan Whiteside wasn't there. Well, Hassan Whiteside is now on the Portland Trailblazers, and Bam Adebayo has come out and said he would like to average 15, 10, and 5 this year. If you look at his per 36 numbers, not really outlandish. Last year, per 36, per 36, 13.7 points per game, 11 rebounds, 3.5 assists, over a steal, over a block per game. He's an efficient player, 57% from the field last year. So there's a lot to like about Bando Adebayo. Someone you can target in that fourth round range, Greg. You might be drafting him close to his ceiling, but based on what he can do defensively and be an efficient offensive player, I think the sky is the limit. Uh, when it comes to Bam stepping up as a starting center for the Miami Heat this season. Bam Adebayo, whenever he got the opportunity in years past, was when the minutes were there, when Hassan Whiteside didn't play, Bam stepped up. They're calling him a leader on this team now. As long as Jimmy Butler doesn't like mentally F with him, uh, Bam should be pretty good. Yeah, he should. I I'm... I'm on him 100%. Again, you know, good distributor. Uh, doesn't hurt your percentages. In that fourth, fifth round range, if you need a center, Bam Adebayo is your guy. On the 2-3 turn, Frank, you were salivating at the thought of Zion Williamson falling to you. And I wanted to bring up Zion and last year's number one overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, two players going around a similar spot, uh, and, and some of these other rookies, and trying to determine where we should take these players. Uh, let me leave Ayton off to the side for now. Zion Williamson was the first overall pick. You won him at the 2-3 turn. You just missed him. Why does he belong there? I actually think that Zion Williamson should be a mid-second round pick right now, and I would take him over some of the players that went in the second round of this draft last night. I would take him over Kyrie Irving. I would take him over Paul George, who is probably going to miss the first month of the season recovering from dual shoulder surgery. I would take him over Kemba Walker as well. You know, We're getting a little bit of a glimpse of the upside of Zion Williamson, and it's only the preseason. I mean, this guy is scoring you know, over 20 points per game right now. He's shooting over 70% from the field, and everyone thought, 
well, all right, he did that in college. He's not going to be able to play bully ball with players in the NBA. I mean, these are grown men. They have a lot more mass on them. They're taller than Zion Williamson. He's a six foot six center. This isn't going to work out. Well, guess what? So far in the preseason, playing against other grown men, you know, he was playing against Rudy Gobert last week, who is an all NBA first team defensive player. He had his way with him. I mean, Zion Williamson is the real deal. He's an uber athlete. I think he's someone that comes in right away, averages over 20 points per game, probably seven to eight rebounds, probably around three assists. Going to give you massive defensive numbers, really, really good free field goal percentage as well. Free throw percentage might not be great, probably in that you know 60 to 65% range. You can make that up if you have you know a Damian Lillard, if you have a James Harden on your team. But Greg, I think that Zion Williamson is going to have a massive season. I think he's worthy of a mid-second round pick. A lot of people were hyping up Derek Favors earlier on in the fantasy basketball draft season. I, I think that they've been experimenting with a small ball lineup with Zion at the five, and, and that's the way that the NBA is trending right now as well. So I think he is due for a massive season as a rookie. I would take him in the middle of the second round. Fair enough. Middle of the second round for Zion Williamson. What about the other rookies, Frank? What about R.J. Barrett with the New York Knicks? What about John Morant and the Grizzlies? Darius Garland uh, with Cleveland. Where do they all go? I like John Morant as the next rookie off the board for fantasy basketball. Probably better for a points league because I don't think that his efficiency is going to be great. But John Morant, someone who you know last year with Murray State was getting triple doubles. People were comparing this guy to Russell Westbrook. Not the same level athlete. He is a good athlete, but not the same level as Russell Westbrook. Not the same scoring mentality either, in my opinion. But I think you know, John Morant, someone that can average 15 points, maybe seven assists, four or five rebounds as well in the fifth or sixth round range. Again, I think he's better for a points league uh, because I do have some concern over the efficiency when it comes to John Morant. Same thing for R.J. Barrett. He shouldn't go in that fourth, fifth round range. I think he's more of a... Sixth, seventh round player in a points league. RJ Barrett is somebody you want to target in a points league. Last night, I think he shot three for 13 from the field. He's not a good shooter yet. He's someone that can get to the basket. He can create his own shot. He can get to the free throw line, but he's not a good, uh, he's not a good shooter. shooter Again, yeah. the field goal percentage is not going to be good. It wouldn't surprise me if he's in the low 40% range. And he's not a good free throw percentage, uh, free throw shooter yet either. He's probably going to be. 70%, maybe sub-70%. So he'll do a little bit of everything. He'll get some assists. He'll get you some rebounds. Uh, maybe a steal per game. But I would target him more so in a points league in that 6th, 7th round range, Greg, because the efficiency, I do think, is going to be very bad. It's going to be okay. in the low 40% range. That's brutal, obviously. That, that could kill you a week. And it takes quite a bit to counteract that. Yeah, and, and the, the next rookie that I would target... Is Rui Hashimura, actually. Sure, really? Okay. I would take him over Darius Garland. Uh, I think that there's a clear opportunity for Japanese Jordan playing with the Washington Wizards. They just don't have enough talent there. It's Bradley Beal and who else? You know, it's they have, uh, I think they have Davis Bertans on that team. Davis Bertans, three-point streamer there. Uh, but there's just really not a lot of talent. So I think Rui Hashimura someone that can come close to averaging a double-double in his first season in the NBA. Not bad at all. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to hit on a bunch of players that you should not draft this year. These are the sleepers. Give me the bust. It comes up next. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Final 15 minutes or so of the show. He's Frank. I'm Greg. Frankie, as I take a look at what I got here, my rankings, which I stem from your rankings, who are some players that when you see their names come up, you're like, you know what? I'm good. Kyrie Irving is one of those players I mentioned, you know, going in the second round. It's just too early for me. I understand he's an efficient player, um, but... He's dealt with so many injuries the past couple of years. I still think the Brooklyn Nets are looking more so at next season once Kevin Durant returns. So are they really going to push Kyrie Irving? He's a fine player, but in the second round range, you know, I would rather target, you know, Drew Holiday, someone that you like that's going in that area. I'd rather take a Devin Booker. I'd rather, you know, pivot to a big man, take a DeAndre Ayton or a Rudy Gobert or a Nikola Vucevic. In my opinion, um, there's just too many injury concerns when it comes to Kyrie Irving, Greg. Uh, and I think that, you know, some of these Brooklyn Nets players around him are going to step up. You know, I like targeting Karis LeVert in the middle rounds. And, you know, Joe Harris is going to be taking a lot of threes for that team. And they have two big men who can play in DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen as well. So, uh, Kyrie Irving, talented player, but my opinion, second round, too early for me. Kyrie Irving is somebody that, like, last night when he was on the board and I took Drew Holiday over him, I'm like, I'm making a mistake. And... If you look at last year, where he was supposedly mostly healthy, it wasn't as good as fantasy owners or certainly the Boston Celtics were hoping for. So I agree. Kyrie Irving somebody that I'm not really going after this year because I'm concerned about load management for him, too. I'm, a, I'm concerned of what Spencer Dinwiddie's role is, what Karis LeVert's role is, what Joe Harris's role is. Yeah, Kyrie Irving is the superstar here. I don't know that he helps me in enough categories that I want to take a shot on him. I completely agree with you. Much like I'm honestly avoiding, I told you this when I came in today, Frankie, I don't want DeMar DeRozan either. Like, I, I get what DeRozan's good at, and I get that he's been a fantasy mainstay for so long, but with the Spurs, you always have that chance of, having, of being on the bench. DeRozan doesn't help you in enough categories. I know he's a better three-point shooter now than he's ever been in his career. He just doesn't help you enough anywhere. I don't want to spend an early-round pick on DeRozan. Do you? Yeah, he's probably a better points league player than a categories league. He, he contributes a little bit across the board. You know, last year, 21 points, 5.6 rebounds, uh, 6.2 assists, but doesn't shoot any threes, which is really tough because when you draft your shooting guard and they give you nothing in the three-point department, it is tough to overcome that. But, you know, he is durable. He's someone who's played 74 games in each of the past four seasons. So I understand he's part of the Spurs, who basically are, you know, created load management and, and giving players time off. But you know, those were the Tim Duncans of the world in, later on in their career, Manny Ginobili, you know, when those guys were 35 years old plus. I still think that DeMar DeRozan is in a good spot. Greg, I'll throw another name back your way, someone who you told me that you are openly avoiding. And I don't know that I necessarily feel the same way. That's Draymond Green. Yeah. So tell everyone why you are avoiding Draymond Green right now. So again, especially in points leagues, he's going to help you a lot in category leagues. Yes. It's undeniable because he contributes across the board in every category. But in points league, at least in the past, with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson there, 
Draymond Green has not been reliable. It is not, we have not seen playoff Draymond throughout the regular season. There's times where he just, quite frankly, doesn't show up. You know, with so many of these players, like the CJ McCollums, like even DeMar DeRozan, who I mentioned, you know you're getting 20 points. Guaranteed, this dude's going to score 20 points, have a couple of rebounds, have a couple of assists. And you could put that, you could take it to the bank. But from playing DFS with Draymond Green, you're never getting that, those 20 points. You're going to get like 10 to 13 points most likely. And you really need him to be playoff Draymond where he's getting, has the opportunity and the ability to get you 10, 10, 10. And then a couple of blocks, a couple of steals. When he does all of that, there may not be a more, a more all-around player in fantasy basketball than Draymond Green. But how consistent is that going to be over the 82-game period? Like, I can't expect 20 points a night from Draymond Green. You expect 10. When it comes to rebounds, like, I don't know that he tries this hard in the regular season. So maybe you get, like, 7. That's fine, like, 10 and 7. And when it comes to assists, like, is he going to be as active as he was in the postseason? Probably not. So you get, like, 5 of those. And that's good, 10, 7, and 5. That's a good game. It's not a great game for where he's being drafted. I have no problem drafting Draymond Green. I have a problem drafting Draymond Green where he goes. He's going in the third, fourth round range right now. Here's how I will, I guess, counter what you said, though. It's they don't have Kevin Durant anymore. They don't have Klay Thompson. Like maybe Klay Thompson returns later on in the season, but it's Steph Curry. It's D'Angelo Russell. It's just Draymond Green. I mean, that's basically their big three right now. And I think that Draymond Green is going to be relied to do more this year than he has been in years past because look, they play in a stacked Western Conference where they're not a lock to have a home court advantage in the NBA playoffs. Some might say that they're not even a lock to make the NBA playoffs. That's probably going a little bit too far, but they're going to need Draymond Green to step up in order to have a good season, in order to have a good seed for the NBA playoffs, Greg. So I think Curry has a monster year. I like D'Angelo Russell in that third, fourth round range. And I think that they're going to have to rely on Draymond Green to do more just because look at the rest of that team. It's you know, Willie Cauley-Stein and Kevon Looney at center which is fine, but you know it's not the talent level that they've been at in years past. It's Alfonso McKinney or Glenn Robinson III starting at small forward. So I think ultimately just those big three for the Warriors are going to be relied on to do so much for this team because they don't really have much else. And I get that. I totally get that side of it. We haven't seen it. And you were somebody that's high on D'Angelo Russell this year. And I understand that. I have no idea what D'Angelo Russell is going to be in that Warriors offense. And you're right, he's going to have to carry the scoring load, but how is he going to be next to Steph Curry? He's not the shooter that Steph or Clay are, right? Like, is he going to be the primary ball handler when Steph goes to the bench? I don't know what to make of, of D'Angelo Russell and how D'Angelo Russell, for instance, compares to Terry Rozier, right? Like, that's something everyone's very, very high on Terry Rozier. Who would you rather have out of those two guys, Russell or Rozier? I'll still take D'Angelo Russell. I like the upside with Terry Rozier, but he legitimately might shoot. 40% from the field, under 40% on, I don't know, 15, 16 shots a game. So if you play in a categories league, Terry Rozier is going to sink your field goal percentage. He's going to turn the ball over a lot as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if he averages 18 to 20 points, yeah. 7 assists per game. If you play in a head-to-head points league where efficiency doesn't really matter as much, then yeah, I love Rozier in that format. You know, fourth-round pick, definitely think that's worth it. When it comes to D'Angelo Russell... I trust Steve Kerr. I think that he is going to figure this out. I think he's one of the best head coaches in the NBA, and I think we're going to be reminded of that this season. A lot, much like we've seen from James Harden and Chris Paul the past couple of seasons, they're going to stagger Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. So 
maybe when we hit the six-minute mark in an NBA game, D'Angelo Russell is going to come out. He's going to come back in to start the second quarter. Uh, Steph Curry is going to take his break, you know, at the end of the first quarter or maybe a little bit before that, so that these guys are not really on the court as much together. Down the stretch of games, they probably won't have a choice but to be on the court together. But the first three quarters, I think Steve Curry is going to do a good job of staggering D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry being on the court together. And I think, frankly, they're going to need Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell to score a ton this season. They're going to need you know, probably close to 30 points out of Curry, probably close to 25 out of D'Angelo Russell. So I would take Russell because I think he's a more efficient player. I think you know he'll probably still be around five assists maybe close to five rebounds, probably give you more three-pointers than Rozier as well. Uh, they're close, but I, w- I would take D'Angelo Russell. Another player that I absolutely despise every year, and you know this, Frank, is Andrew Wiggins. He's a terrible <laughs> fantasy basketball player. All he does is score. Oh, he's, he's all right like, in a points league, he, but in a categories a, league, do not draft he's him. He's a so much worse version of DeMar DeRozan and CJ McCollum is what he is. Yeah, he's basically... You know, R.J. Barrett. I think Barrett's going to do more of the peripheral stats as well. Like, I think probably. Barrett's going to get more assists. He's probably going to get more steals. A.J. Wiggins uh, does nothing. Like, yeah. there was a Last time, year, 18 points per game, so we were, two and a half assists, five you, rebounds. Right, you and I owned him, what, fine. Two, we were on the same team. Two years ago, did you have or I had him? I didn't own him. Ever? I owned him in one of my home leagues, but I, I've never owned him in Ronus's league. You probably owned him. Maybe I owned him two years ago. Maybe the, oh, I owned him in another league. I think I, no, I think he didn't do was, anything except score. I think it was the other league that I owned him in a couple of years ago. But I think people are. Stuck. I wanted to drop him. Frank. I think that that's starting to be reflected in his ADP, though, Greg. He's not he sucks. You know, in years past, he was a fifth round pick, sixth round pick. Now you're getting him sometimes seventh, eighth round range. Again, you could take him in a head to head points league, but in a head to head categories league, unless you are really desperate for points at that point in the draft, he's not really going to do much out of that. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. He's you know, kind of like DeRozan, where DeRozan is a shooting guard that doesn't give you a lot of three-point makes. Uh, at least DeRozan gives you more rebounds. He gives you more assists. He's more efficient from the field. Andrew Wiggins scores points. Doesn't really do much outside of that, so only target him in a head-to-head points league. Wiggins is not somebody that's on my radar. You want a cheaper version of, of, of Andrew Wiggins? Go to TJ Warren. That's what he is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and you could get him, what, two rounds later, three yeah, rounds later? Absolutely. Yeah. Where did I pick him last night? Pick a hundred, something like that? Yeah, I think you got him in the ninth round range. Yeah, whatever. It's good. It's good value. My guy. That's your guy. You're a TJ Warren guy. I am a TJ Warren Victor guy. Victor Oladipo probably going to miss the first three, four months of the year. Absolutely. So they're going to need TJ Warren for scoring. They're going to need Sabonis to do more. And uh, that's where Malcolm Brogdon comes in the mix as well now, starting for the Indiana Pacers. Who are a couple other guys you want to mention? And we have about four minutes to go. So who are some other guys you want to mention before we wrap this one up? Yeah, you brought up Terry Rozier. He's someone that I'm targeting in that fourth, fifth round range. I will also bring up Karis LeVert and Dario Saric. These have been my guys for as long as they've been in the league. You know, you watch Karis LeVert early last season before he suffers the gruesome foot ankle injury, and he was starting to take over as this team's number one option. Well, that's not going to happen with Kyrie Irving on the team, but with Kevin Durant out, he's likely going to be the number two option, and he's a good two way player. I think he's going to be on the court a lot. He's going to play over 30 minutes per game. Could give you some defensive numbers. I think he averages 18 points a game. Gives you five, six rebounds. Gives you three or four assists. Gives you some defensive stats. Shoots a couple of threes. I think you know going in those middle rounds, Karis LeVert is somebody that I would be targeting. And then a little bit later on, very surprising on Yahoo, he has center eligibility. I have no idea. I don't think this guy has ever played center before, but keep it keep it in your uh, the back of your mind if you're drafting on Yahoo. Dario Saric, 
We saw a couple of years ago, Greg had the monster season with the Philadelphia 76ers. He was drafted early. I think he's a very talented player. Last year, traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Didn't really have a role on that team. Now he lands with the Phoenix Suns. He's going to start at the four uh, on a team that's going to run. They're going to play at a high pace. Ricky Rubio, as the point guard, is going to put players in position to succeed. I do believe that. I think Dario Sarge is in position for a bounce-back season, Greg, in that round 8 to 10 range. 15 points, 7 rebounds, a couple of three-pointers. Uh, someone that could give you threes from the big man position. I like Dario Saric and Karis LeVert. Is there anyone else that you're looking at in those middle rounds or, or maybe even some later round guys? So, for me, a guy that I, I drafted last night, I actually thought he fell a little bit too far, Brandon Ingram. I, I think Ingram kind of I like fall, Ingram, too. Ingram falls into that, into that role where he missed a lot of the season last year um, due to the, what was it, heart? Is something wrong with his heart? Was it stomach? What? Yeah, it was something weird like oh, no, that. Wasn't it, it just like, didn't um, really work out with the Los like Angeles Lakers. Thoracic Outlet Syndrome, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, it was, it was uh, something weird. I, I know uh, Markel Fultz had the Thoracic Outlet. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but Brandon Ingram was dealing with something. You kind of wish he would put on more strength. He does have that frail Definitely. frame. And, and I get but that a we, new start here with the New Orleans Pelicans. And I get we've been waiting for Brandon Ingram to break out and really yeah. like take over. Kind of like we were for Wiggins. But now you're at this fresh start. You're at, and his ADP has fallen to the point where you're like, all right, I'll take, I'll take a shot on Brandon. He's going in, in the similar range as Dario Sarge. Correct. You know, round eight or round nine. I'll take him at that spot and be like, all right, we'll see what this guy can do in New Orleans, surrounded by a cast that's really, really good for him. Uh, a team that wants to run the ball Alvin, uh, under Alvin Gentry. I think Brandon Ingram in that spot, a really solid target. Um, he comes to mind. I think looking at, at my list, Jonathan Isaac, you have to mention, is somebody who could take another spot, Big another breakout. defensive numbers guy, like especially in head-to-head categories. Yep. Going in a similar range right now as Brandon Ingram in those yep. mid-rounds, those you know seven, eight, nine. If you need defensive numbers in your draft, I mean, this is someone that might average a steal and a half, almost a block per game, over a block per game, play small forward, power forward. I think the scoring goes up a little bit, going to rebound, um, playing the four for that team, uh, playing the three for the Orlando Magic, but... You know, seven, eight rebounds. I like it as well. I like Jonathan Isaac. All right, and I have to ask you about one Nick here. Mitchell Robinson's an early round pick at center. We saw him fall in our draft last night. How come? I think people are worried about the playing time. Fizdale kind of goes through these wacky rotations where he just kind of plays whoever's performing, but I think Mitch is in play for a big year. Could average over two blocks per game. Could average a double-double as well. I'm not as worried. I think he gets around 28 minutes per game. He's Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Tomorrow on the show, we preview Week 7. My pick tonight's KC. Have a great night. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. Go Yanks! Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Frank also the first pick last night. I like what he did for the most part. A couple of things I would have done differently, obviously. Uh, but I don't have a chance to because I can't draft on Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, we, we will consult and we will figure out players that we both want. And I will try my best to integrate those players that you want. Hopefully I can get Josh Richardson for you us. You know I think the best part of fantasy basketball drafts are? What's that? It's so quick. Yeah, we were done an hour an last hour. night. It was good. Exactly an hour last night. Get in, get out. It was awesome. Love it. So we go over the first round. I feel like that's the first thing we should do. We do. We want to break in about a minute and a half. So right. I'll probably pass on that.
right. That's, I mean, it, there's just a lot to break down, man. There is. I don't want to, like, start and then, like, literally in a minute and a half. All right, Greg, so I put out a poll before the show. Let's just do this. Let's just do the first pick. Right. Ahead. If you had the first overall pick, who would you take? Because I put out the poll, and as of now, there are 30 votes. <laughs> One candidate has 0% of those votes. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the leading vote-getter right now. Is that where you would go if you have the first overall pick? Yeah, and that's what we talked about. I, you're making me do this, even though I said I, you know, I don't want to do No, this. I'm saying we don't have to do the whole first round. I'm just saying let's go over to the first pick overall. I would vote, I would vote for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I think that Giannis does a little bit of everything. He has, obviously, multi-position eligibility. He just can help you in all every category. There's a category he doesn't help you in. Does it change based on the format? No. How about in a roto league, Greg? Because I'll, I'll bring this up Those to you. Those are stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry. We, we participate in a few fantasy baseball roto leagues. I find them but stupid. But the NFBKC, if you want to play some high stakes, is rotisserie. And I think that you can argue that Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns might be better rotisserie players with the number one overall pick, Greg, because they don't really have any deficiencies in their game. I mean, Giannis, free throw percentage is not great. Not going to shoot any threes. Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns starting to shoot more threes, starting to ball handle a little bit more as well. I think Anthony Davis had like six or seven assists last night in only 25 minutes of play. So I think in a rotisserie league, you actually can make the argument for a few other people. Uh, overall, I think Giannis and James Harden are more often than not, if you just play a head-to-head categories league or a head-to-head points, those are the two that I'm considering most, Greg. Yeah, fair enough. Giannis and Harden both Fine choices, obviously. They both do everything. They both play every night. Something you want to note, and I noted this here on the left side, which you can see right here, that you need to avoid load management. And that's what I, that's going to be a key for us all throughout the next hour, talking about that. Whenever I had a decision between two players, it was always about load management. And what I liked about both Giannis and Harden and Carl Anthony Towns as well, I don't expect them to really be rested. Now, there were times last year with Milwaukee having such a big lead in the Eastern Conference where they did rest Giannis. Yeah, down the stretch. Harden doesn't get rested at all. Carl Anthony Towns hates missing games. He doesn't get rested at all. After that, it kind of feels like everyone is kind of at risk. So that's going to be a theme, I think, throughout the hour is trying to avoid some of those players that have the load management issues.